are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. On Sunday night, we've been on a a series for a few weeks now on the journey of life. Life's a wonderful journey. And if you recall back, our first message was waiting on God. We're too impetuous. Maybe God just wants you to wait. And I'm so grateful that God is teaching us how to wait, and He's patient with us. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. And so we saw waiting on God, and then we saw working for God, always abounding in the work of the Lord. That's our theme this year, serving the Lord. That's what you did over the last week, and that's what you've done this summer, and that's what you've done these first six months. It's just amazing to see God's people laboring and the people we've added to the ministry. And then number three, last week we saw walking with God in the journey of life, waiting on God and working for God, and, and then walking with God. Enoch walked with God, and his walk pleased the Lord, and may we have a walk with God. Our message tonight comes from the last three words of verse 2, will of God. The waiting on God, the working for God, the walking with God, and now tonight the will of God. Let's bow for prayer, shall we? Our Father, I'm so thankful that you have a divine will for every life here. I pray that especially this pastor would be in your divine will. I pray that when the day comes, if you should take me home by way of rapture or by way of death, that I would be in the will of God, in your will, And I pray that every person in here would have to take inventory tonight. Am I in the will of God? Lord, we realize that you have a design, a purpose for all of our lives. I pray that as we're in this auditorium tonight, that we would listen carefully. And I pray for those that are listening by way of radio or the internet, that God, they too, would consider the will of God for their lives. In Jesus' name. Amen. As you're seated, please. A will, when God says he has a will for our life, he has a desire for our life. God has a desire. Help me now. God has what for every person in this room? A desire. God has a desire. God has, that word means a desire or he has a plan or a purpose. Say those two words, please. A plan or a purpose, all three. God has a desire, God has a, and God has a purpose. And my job is to find the desire of God for my life, the purpose of God, the plan of God for my life. I think sometimes we are confused at the will of God. We feel like we climb the ladder, we get saved. Today I went back to the place, I start here, with my life maybe in a rubble, and then I get saved, then I live for God, then God calls me to the ministry, then I'm a pastor, now I'm in the will of God. I wanna tell you something, the people 
that work lay, uh, as laymen and laywomen uh, are as much in the will of God if they're fulfilling the will of God as a pastor is in the will of God. I'm not above you in any regard. A deacon is not above you in any regard. Oh, I thank God for who they are and who their wives are and their families. I want to say God has a will for your life. You know, all of us cannot be the foot or the hand. Uh, the Bible tells us in the book of 1 Corinthians. I cannot be the soloist. I don't have the solo voice. At least, and I love the family singing tonight. The four brothers and sisters and the, the, the mother and two daughters, the trio. And uh, then the family singing uh, that song. And then Brother Kayon singing tonight. But I, I praise God that they all have such ability. I turn around. I remember for years I played trumpet, but I can never play a trumpet like these guys can play. And the French horn and the instruments that we have and, and the tuba and the strings and the woodwinds and all the instruments, that, that I don't have that ability. I don't have that either gift from God or talent that's been developed. I could not be a CEO of a company. I would not have any idea how to do your job. I could not be a financial uh, advisor. I, I don't know how to do all that. There are people in this room that I could not tell you one thing about a computer. I have no idea how to use a computer. But there are people in this room, you write programs and you write software. There are people in this room, I'm looking at one right now, that sent people up to the, the moon uh, by way of the spacecraft. Uh, they have talent. I thank God for who you are. God has a will for your life. I think sometimes we think that if we are a CEO, we're fulfilling God's will. But if I'm mowing a lawn, I'm not in the will of God. That's so lowly. Uh, God uses a hand. God uses a foot. God uses an eye. God uses an ear. He said, and all are for his glory. God has a will tonight. Don't miss God's will because we're so wrapped up in the bigness of how important it must be. Don't miss God's will because you're frustrated. I'm lonely in life, someone says. I am not married. I mentioned that last week and I'll not go on, but I'm not married and I want to be married and I'm so lonely in life. I'll, I'll be willing to take anybody. No, you cannot marry out of the will of God. We had a preacher up here this past week, our dear friend, Pastor Joseph Brown. And Mr. Treatment, I remember when he was a young boy and uh, grew up in Iowa. His dad was his pastor for 43 years now. He pastors his dad's church and he and his wife, Charity, are just a premier young couple. But Joseph came home from college and he told his dad, he was dating this girl, and she may have been, I don't even know who she was, but dad said, down, they walked down to the pond, and he told the story. He said, no, son. He said, you know, I'm not gonna tell you who you should marry, but as your dad, I can tell you who not to marry. She's not the one. And Brother Joseph Brown said he got his dad's face. His dad, I think, maybe thought he, Joseph was going to even hit him. That was way out of character. What a good boy. But they got really tense with one another. 
And Joseph spun around and walked away. I want to say, kids, you were listening better than I was. He said, I think I took seven steps. And he came back. He said, I was angry, still mad. But he said, I'll obey. He wasn't happy about it. You know, Mr. Treber and I have known Charity, as many of you, Charity Epley, since she was a little girl. She'd come and sing here with her family. Charity is A+. Plus. Brother Joseph Brown is A+. Plus. I don't know about the other girl, but I do know that that young couple got married and they have six children and they have two little twins full term born and then passed away at birth. They have eight children, two in heaven and six here. I do know that God is using him powerfully. He married in the will of God. Why? He decided I'm gonna listen to my daddy. My dad's got more prayer in my life than I do. He knew that that boy was going to be stepping out of the will of God. I want to say tonight, you're alone, you're single. Don't rush that. God has a will for your life. God has a young lady for your life. God has a young man. If it's a ministry, don't you take the ministry. Let God give you that ministry. Let God raise you up. And he always will if that's his plan for your life but he'll never give you more will if you're not willing to obey the will you already know. God's will for our lives is that we come to church. For he said, forsake not the assembly of yourselves together as the manner of some is, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Well, I don't believe in going to church. Well, then you're out of the will of God. Jesus gave his life for the church. It's like slapping Jesus in the face and saying, you're worthless to me. No, Jesus died and established the New Testament local church. So don't be asking God for more will if you're not willing to be in the will of God by going to the house of God. I, I know and we beat this horse, tithing. God says upon the first day of the week, let every one of you lay by him in store that God has prospered him, that there be no gatherings when I come. God has chosen the first day. By the way, that's why we're not gonna start Saturday night church around here. Because we celebrate the resurrection the first day when Jesus conquered death. I think much of this Saturday night, I don't know everybody's motive, is to get God out of the way so I can have Sunday for myself. I'll do my one hour Saturday night, get the God thing done so I can go do what I wanna do. But I tell you what, I love what a preacher gave me. We were in college together in that college Bible. I have it marked. And in there, it was a, he said, Sunday's the Lord's day, a holy day, not a holiday. I m- remember that all these many years later. And I want you to know that, that God has a will. God has a will that after salvation, we get baptized. People in the Bible were baptized the same hour, the same day, or immediately. The exception was a thief on the cross. I think to show us that you don't uh, have to get baptized to go to heaven, Jesus turned and said, today you'll be with me in paradise. But friend, why would you put off baptism? Why would you rebel against God? If God says that you should be saved and should be baptizing, you ought to be baptized. And the Lord added to the church, that means that you're supposed to be part of a church. Thank God for the churches and thank God that we're not the only one. But I would not be a part of a church that doesn't believe the virgin birth, the deity of Christ, the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, the preservation of the scripture, the second coming of Christ, the Holy Spirit of God, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. 
What are you doing? I would not be part of a church that has just a wicked liberal agenda. I'd get out of there. God has a will. God has a will that we should read the Bible and study the Bible and memorize the Bible and meditate upon the Bible. God says he'll bless us if we just read it. God says, well, he'll bless if we keep it. God says he'll bless us if we just hear it read. He'll bless us. Are we doing something with the Bible? Say, well, I don't like the Bible. It doesn't do much for me. Well, then you're out of the will of God. Why do you want more will when we will not obey the will we're supposed to, we're supposed to do? God has a will that everyone should serve him. Are you serving him? I like what uh, in our class, Ms. Treber once in a while has a question and answer where they put in a, a question in a, our young couples class and then I'll have her answer it before I begin to teach the lesson. And someone asked a question about the home and family and, and it was very obvious what the answer would be. I don't know who asked it. And she said, she said, I want to just say to the person that wrote this question last week, you're probably not here this week. We've had so much hit and miss with God these days. Have you noticed that? But she said, if you are here, I want to ask you a question. Do you come to Sunday school, Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night? Do you read your Bible? Do you pray? Do you listen to your pastor? And she, she wasn't trying to be rude. She wasn't rude. Class were liking it. I tell you, they'd like to have her. They'd like to amen her. The, the fellows like her preaching better than mine. She's not a preacher. But I want you to know, a lot of the questions we have in life, if we just get to God's house, would be answered. A lot of the questions we have in life, if we just got to the Word of God, we get the answers. A lot of the questions we have in life, if we would just be still and wait upon the Lord. You know, as I look at the will of God tonight, I know I'm lengthy in my introduction, but don't be worried. I won't be lengthy with the message tonight. But I think of the, the will of God. God reveals his will to those that are obeying his will and those that are working in a will already. There were shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. They were working. And God says, I want you to go see this thing that has come to pass. We're having a, a time out for a minute. I heard the choir singing, practicing Christmas music tonight. I loved it as I heard it. They've been practicing and we have a play that's coming on in December on Saturday and Sunday and it's gonna be awesome. And choir, thank you and the play people who are ever in it, thank you. I know you've been meeting and practicing and all those that work on props. I just wonder why I wasn't given a position in the play. Uh, I, I'd like to see the list. Some of those people probably can't even act and I could do a lot better. I could play Santa Claus, but I doubt if we're gonna have Santa Claus in this. But you notice that shepherds are keeping watch over their flock by night. Do you notice that Joseph was keeping watch over his flock when God called him to do something and it gave him more will? Do you know that David was guarding his sheep when daddy said, I want you to go, and God gave him more of his plan for his life so that he might be able to slay Goliath with the sword? Do you know that Gideon, yes, he was hiding by the wine press, but prior to that, he was working at the wine press. 
Do you realize he was working when God revealed more will thou mighty man get in? Do you realize it tonight that Elisha was serving Elijah? And when Elisha was called of God to take up the mantle, he was already working, fulfilling the will of God for his life. Do you realize that Ezekiel was serving as a priest when God said, I want you to sit, and I want you to sit where they sat, chapter three, and I want you to sit on your side for these four some days, and I want you to, I want you to eat this scroll and weird things that God was asking to do, but he obeyed every time. God used, do you know that Amos was a herdsman just keeping track of animals? God said, I've got a big mission for you to fulfill, to go cry to the people of Israel and see if they'll repent. Do you know the disciples were all doing something? Uh, one was, several were fishing, tax collectors, all doing something, and God says, follow me, and I'll make you to become fishers of men. The question is, are we obeying the will of God today that we already know? Is there something that God has put before you that you could do and serve with your life? Is there a bus that you could drive? Another one of our young men, he was born in this church. I held him, now he's married, he's got a family, and he got his bus license this week. And thank God for him, he's willing to drive a bus and bring people to the house of God. I thank God today for people that are willing to serve and say, I'm gonna obey, I'm gonna do what God wants me to do. A great example is our Lord Jesus Christ. He said, my will is to do the will of him that sent me. There was a will for Jesus. He who left heaven's riches, he who was rich, yet for your sake became poor, that he through your poverty, through, that, 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 through his poverty might be made rich. May I say today, he said nevertheless in Luke 22, as he was dying in Gethsemane, blood, when your blood begins to come forth out of your skin, you are nigh unto death. And here he is, and he did not come to die in a garden. Jesus came, he knew, to die on the cross. And if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men. I was not in the garden. Lord, I'm not, I don't want to die here. If it be possible, let this cup. So I've heard people say, he's trying to get out. No, no, he didn't try to get out of the cross. He was trying to say, I didn't come to die in the garden. I came to die on the cross. Nevertheless, God, not my will, but thy be done. I don't understand what you do in this garden. I don't understand why I'm sweating blots, drops of blood, but God, if this is your choice, I don't comprehend it. I came to do your will. Your will is that I'd be lifted up on the cross. And Isaiah 53, he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our, he knew that text. He knew that it'd be a lamb brought before his shears as dumb. So he opened out his mouth, he knew. But he's dying in the garden. And as he left that garden, God preserved his life so that he could be laid on the cross and nailed on the cross and his legs nailed together after he'd been scourged. And after the crown of thrones were thorns were plaited on his head like a bamboo, a reed substance beat upon his brow. And they pulled off his beard from his face and they lifted and hoisted that cross and threw it in a hole. 
And in that hole, as that, that, cross, that cross went into that hole and he stood up and he began to draw people these 2,000 plus years to himself because he died in my place. For he's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Turn with me quickly, if you will. Colossians chapter one, please. Colossians chapter one. In Colossians chapter one, in verse nine, it says, for this cause also since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will. Observation one, God wants you to know his will. He wants you to, the root word of knowledge is, is know, and that root word is science. God wants you to know what it is. Make a study of it. God, what is your will for my life? What do you want me to do? I'll go where you want me to go, dear Lord. Or mountain, what does God want you to do? I'm afraid. We're living in an environment in America a little bit different than even 10 years ago. And thank God for our college and thank God for the high re-enrollment and the new students that are coming this fall. But I think parents are thinking, I really don't want my kids in the ministry. They're too talented. They could be doctors and lawyers and executives. I'll tell you what, I don't know what I could have done if God had not called me to preach, but I never have felt like I've stepped down in an inferior position. I don't want to be the president. I've sat with the president of the United States. I've sat with two presidents of the United States. I've stood before Congress and opened a prayer not long ago. Great positions and great opportunities. But I'll tell you what, I would not want to be the president. Why would I, why would I stoop to be the president of the United States when I'm a preacher for the King of Kings? Mother and dad, it is not a shame for your son to go to the ministry. It's not a shame for your daughter to marry a preacher and go to the mission field and give their lives on the mission field. Oh yes, now we have another grandbaby coming, but that grandbaby, we used to all be together, the family serving the Lord here, all, four, all these grandkids and all the, but they're all left but one family now and they're out pastoring churches. And I'll tell you what, I'm lonely for them. And we're lonely for them. And we miss them. And I miss those grandkids so badly. I'll see the, 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 the Thompsons once this year. I think we'll see the Treepers once this year yet in December, November or somewhere. I miss it. I love those kids. I love seeing their little faces and seeing those kids grow up and driving cars or whatnot. But I'll tell you what, my wife told me years ago when God gave us children, I'd rather see my children halfway around the globe in the center of God's will than living right next door. They were almost living next door. We had three families, four blocks this way, four blocks this way, four blocks this way. I'm glad they're serving God. I'm glad they said no to anything else that may have been because God had a will for their life. Do you know the will of God? James Gray, who pastored so many years ago, I believe his name is in the front of the Schofield Reference Bible, pastored the old Moody Church. And James Gray, 
became very sick. And he was out of the pulpit for so long and he was not recovering. While he was convalescing from a long sickness, the church in Chicago said, we want you to go to the British Isles for a rest. And I want you, we want you to rest there for months and get straight. And they boarded, they got a, they got a, a they, they purchased a ticket and we're gonna put them on a ship. And he said, I don't believe God wants me to go. I have no peace that God wants me to go. They canceled the trip and the ship went down in the ocean. He was in the will of God. John Harper pastored the great Moody Church of yesteryear. John Harper boarded a ship called the Titanic, making his maiden voyage here. John Harper, as he got on that ship, felt secure that he was in the will of God. And when they hit that iceberg and the hull was ripped back, he was in the ocean. Right before he perished, he was floating on wood and going from person to person. Do you know if you die, you're going to heaven? And he'd say, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and be saved. They said he was trying to win people in those icy waters and he floated back to a man. He'd asked that question. He came again and he said, sir, you saved. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. That man was rescued and James and, and, and John Harper died, the pastor. He stood in a meeting here in America and said, I was the last soul that your pastor, John Harper, led to Christ in those icy waters before he perished and went to his death. He was in the will of God. Amen. Ephesians 6, 6, just back it up. Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, please. So the will of God, in the will of God, we're filled with the knowledge of his will. Chapter 6, verse 6. Let us read verse number 6 together. Ephesians 6, 6. Ready? Begin. Not with thy service. Everything in life needs to be done with heart. You know that I've circled the word heart every time it's in the Bible. It's almost 800 times. The Bible says, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart. All thy heart. God wants our heart in this thing. Your marriage is suffering today. Put your heart back in it. Don't be so opinionated. Don't be so proud. Don't be so arrogant. Be willing to say, I was wrong. I am sorry. Put prayer back in your marriage. Put your heart in this marriage. Well, she doesn't like, I, I bring her candy. She doesn't like it. I bring her flowers. She doesn't like it. Or vice versa, whatever the case may be. I'll tell you what, just keep putting your heart in it. Put your heart in it. The Word of God says here, doing the will of God from the heart. All right, I'll do it. The Bible says of a pastor, you don't do it grudgingly or out of necessity. Okay, I call me to preach. I got to do this. I don't want to do it. Boy, I tell you, I love what God's favored me with to be the shepherd of the greatest church I feel in all the world. Doing the will of God from the heart. Raise those children from the heart. Bring their little faces before you. Seems so long ago now, I would steal into their room at night when they're in bed as little children 
and kneel beside their bed and pray for them. Tiffany, a pastor's wife now. Tim, a preacher of the gospel. Tabitha, a wife of a principal of the Christian school. Oh, I tell you, I, I could hear them breathing. I, I, could, I could feel their presence. I love so much being a father. I don't think I would change my kids. I know I would change me. Those kids were so special. Once in a while, I said to my wife, I feel like we have angels in our presence. Once in a while, I said, I think they're fallen angels, but I think they were angels at one time. I want you to know that the will of God is to do it from the heart for the sake of time. Thirdly, I'd say about the observation of the will of God, not only do we have the knowledge of the will of God, and not only do we do it from the heart, but we accept the results. Thy will be done. Matthew 6, 10. Thy will be done. That deals with submission. Acts they came to Paul and said in Acts 21, 13, 14, don't go, they're gonna kill you there. And he said, I wanna do the will of God and if I perish, I perish. If I die, I die. There was a woman, this happened, I would guess, about 100 years ago. She was such a good Christian woman. In six months, she buried seven of her family members. Many of them were her children. In six months, one by one, they perished. And then they came to see her one day. And she's older, and right after these six months, her husband was at sea. They said, the ship went down, and your husband has been lost at sea. The pastor came to see her, brought his wife. They had prayer with this sweet, dear lady that now lost seven, now a husband, eight in six months. He said, I know you're brokenhearted. She said, I am. But he said, it seems like, sister, and I don't know what her name is, sister so-and-so, you seem so peaceful, so calm. She said, pastor, and to his wife, I am brokenhearted. I'm so, so hurt, but why cannot I have peace? Because this apparently was the will of God for my life. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. Could we get to the position that says that, Lord, I hope, I, I know I'm not making light of this for our people that are going through chemo. You're heroes to me. You're people that are going through dialysis. God bless you and Parkinson's and all the things we have. You're better Christians than I am. But the doctor may say one day, Jack, you have cancer. And I've wanted to live like a Christian. I hope I'll die like a Christian. We have a sister-in-law younger than I that is in the hospital and with cancer. And her sweet husband 
And, and I want to say that they say it's so amazing watching her because she has just such calm and whatever God has. And if, Cindy, you're watching right now, my wife and I, my Cindy, we talk to you. You know, it's an amazing thing. Her son at age 34 collapsed last year and died at work with a massive heart attack. And my wife has talked to Cindy and said it seemed like so often, and she talked to her brother Doug, that she's been so longing to go to heaven to see her son, and she's longing to stay here with her kids. And they both agreed she wins either way. God has a will for Cindy's life. I don't want her to suffer. I'm, I know she and her husband are suffering with this together. God has a will. For years I said in this church, let's find the will of God. Let's fulfill the will of God. Let's finish the will of God. I'm out of time. I had to move those fire pits and I don't smell the hot dogs anymore. So or I guess the grills were just getting heated up. So I can preach another hour. William Pettengill, I believe his name is in the front of the Schofield Bible. He said, most of us do not want to know the will of God in order to do it. We want to know the will of God in order to consider it. The answer to God should always first be yes. Yes. Do you know that tonight God's given you children not for you and not to make them successful? They may become successful. And God may use them because one of the gifts of the Spirit is that of giving and, and earning money and blessing the work of God. And that may be God's plan lot for your children, but it might be a tent or a cottage. Why should I care? They're building a palace for me over there. Though exiled from home, yet still I may sing, oh, glory to God, I'm a child of the King. I go back and I heard this past week, Brother Joseph Brown, the preacher, and his wife sang right here, the center of his will, where I long to be, no matter where he leads me, the center of his will. They sang this last spring when they were here, and my wife recorded, and I hear it all the time at home. She'll, she'll just play that song, those kids singing it. I want to be in the center of his will. Ms. Treber and I got married on December 23rd. And when we got married so many years ago, she had her aunt sing. That song, whatever he wants for us, his will, his will we must do. Wherever he wants to send us, his will, his will we must do. If he but speaks, I'll obey at his voice. I've already decided his will is my choice. Whatever he wants for us, I believe I can say. I know I've always said in the Lord, and I feel like I'm in the center of his will, pastoring this church, by the grace of God to the day I die and the resurrection, the rapture comes place. 
But there have been so many times prior to that especially, God, I'll go to the mission field. We'll go. If that's, God, if that's your will, I'll go. I, 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 I'll go do this if that's what you want. And I know that I'm in the center of God's will here. So I don't have to pray for that situation because God's plan, I see it now. I can remember driving from Centerville and driving over here to a place called Santa Clara to the Moonlight Shopping Center. I was working at Fry's Food Store in the 60s. They said, Jack, Chuck Wall said, Jack, you're going to Santa Clara today. There was no Montague. That little building that we had over here on Clyde Avenue was built, and I never saw it. These homes are pop, uh, popping up, but I never saw them. But I was working about three miles away from where we had lived our lives. Little did I know in the 60s that this was going to be the will of God for my life. I'm so glad I found God's will. Don't spend your whole life trying to figure it out. Don't try to make the will of God bigger. It's just obedience. Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.